Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Let's think for just a few minutes about the character Jonah, the prophet to the Northern Kingdom, one of the last books of the Old Testament. As we think about Jonah, We remember that he did prophesy to the northern kingdom, but he was commissioned especially to go and preach to the Ninevites. And that's what the narrative in the book of Jonah is about. And Nineveh was a great pagan city that was much celebrated for both magnificence and corruption, perhaps the leading city of the Gentile world of the day of Jonah. And at that time, Assyria, of which Nineveh was the capital, was weakened in a weakened state and didn't have as much influence as previously and so maybe they would be a little bit more responsive to the message of God and a little bit more submissive as they heard it and so Jonah was sent to proclaim God's message to the city of Nineveh and you remember that Jonah the son of Amittai said in his heart I I really don't want to go and preach to the city of Nineveh and he was, he was fearful, he was doubtful, he was perhaps even vengeful against the city of Nineveh and the Assyrians in general, maybe. But at any rate, for whatever reason, he got on a ship to go to Tarshish rather than going to Nineveh as God had commanded. And you remember the storm came in. Most of our children can tell us this story. I remember teaching it to Caleb when he was very young and him saying, and then Jonah got on a boat to go to Tarshish and there came a big storm and they threw Jonah overboard and a big fish swallowed him. I just can remember that as clearly because this is one of the first stories that our children learn, one of the first accounts that our children learn from the Old Testament. And you remember, then the mariners became afraid and Jonah said, this is my fault because I'm running away from my God and just throw me overboard. And they didn't want to throw him overboard, but they cast lots so that they could know for whose cause the evil was come upon them. And he said, I'm a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who's made the sea and the dry land. And they were exceedingly fearful, verse 10 says, and they knew that he had fled from the presence of God. And so they threw Jonah forth into the sea, and the sea was calmed. But you remember what happened to Jonah. He was swallowed by the great big fish. In Jonah chapter 2 is the passage that I'd like for us to notice as we have a few minutes together. And this is the prayer that Jonah prayed from the scriptures. As we read this prayer, let's uh, think, think with me about lessons we can learn from his prayer. And I'll mention a few. And then I want to talk for just a few minutes about how that Jonah, even as he prayed from the belly of the whale, was the big fish or the whale as it is sometimes translated Um, some of the lessons that we can learn and then how that Jonah was praying the scriptures then Jonah prayed chapter 2 verse 1 to the Lord his God out of the fish's belly and said I cried by reason of my affliction to the Lord and he heard me out of the belly of Sheol cried I and you heard my voice 
For you had cast me into the deep, in the middle of the sea, and the floods compassed me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains, and the earth with her bars was about me, or closed upon me, forever. Yet have you brought me up, have you brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God, or from the pit, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee, into thine holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice to thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spoke unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. Always remember, when you want to think about a prayer of repentance, a prayer of a penitent heart, Jonah chapter 2 is a great place to go. In those 10 verses, we have a great summation of the heart of a man who is penitent, changing his direction literally. Jonah was changing his direction from going toward Tarshish to going toward Nineveh, as God had commanded, from disobeying to obeying, from escaping God to going with God and along with God's purposes down to Nineveh to preach as God had commanded him. So what are some of the lessons that we learn? Sometimes, number one, hitting rock bottom is the wake-up call that I need. Jonah was literally wrapped in seaweed in the belly of a fish, and it was the wake-up call that he needed there in the belly of the fish. Number two, when I try to get out of God's sight, He will make sure it happens. If you want to get out of the will of God, you can get out of His will and His sight and His protection. That's verse 4. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The deeper the sin and sorrow, the greater the salvation. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul, verse 5. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped around my head. He was in a pickle. And the deeper you get into the consequences of sin then, when repentance does occur, the greater the salvation. Number four, when I believe the devil's lies, I burn my own bridge to mercy. Look at verse eight. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. We really need the mercy of God. We are completely, desperately lost without it. And when we believe the lies of the devil, we are burning that bridge of mercy that we need so desperately. Repentance, number five, requires action. Verse 9, but I will. I'm going to do something now. I've changed my mind, so I will sacrifice to thee with the voice of thanksgiving, and I will pay that which I have vowed. Repentance requires action. It requires changing life according to the change of heart that has occurred. It also requires restitution in so much as I can pay the debt that I owe, the vow, as Jonah said. In as much as I can restore what I've taken or replenish that which I've diminished in influence, 
I must make restitution. That's what repentance requires. I want us to lastly notice that Jonah prays the scriptures in Jonah chapter 2 verse 2. I don't want to take a lot of time with this, but you know, the Psalms were written way before Jonah was the prophet to the northern kingdom. And if you look at the Psalms and compare Jonah's prayer to certain Psalms in the book of the Psalms of David and his musicians and others who wrote the Psalms, you'll find almost word for word sometimes the prayers of Jonah in those Psalms. Look at Jonah 2 verse 2. I cried by reason of my affliction to the Lord and he heard me. Out of the belly of Sheol cried I and you heard my voice. When you look in the Psalms at Psalm 18 verse 6, I'm going to turn over there to some of those Psalms and just read a few of these passages to you and there are many of them. In Psalm 18 verses 4 through 6 we read these words. The sorrows of death compassed me, and the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows or cords of Sheol compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me or came upon me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried to my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him, even into his ears. Words of Jonah sounded a lot like this Psalm of David in Psalm chapter 18. I would also encourage you to look at Psalm 22, verse 24, Psalm 120, verses 1 and 2, and Lamentation 3, Lamentations 3, verse 55. And they will remind you of Jonah 2, verse 2. In Jonah 2, verse 3, Jonah said these words, For you had cast me into the deep in the middle of the seas, and the floods compassed me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Let's look at Psalm 88, verse 6. Psalm 88, verse 6 says, You have laid me in the lowest pit, in darkness, in the deeps. Your wrath lays hard upon me, and you've afflicted me with all your waves. Sounds a lot like what Jonah was saying in chapter 2, verse 3. Psalm 42, verse 7. Psalm 42, verse 7 says, Deep calls unto deep at the noise of your water spouts. All your waves and your billows are gone over me. Much like the wording of Jonah. In verse 4, Jonah said, Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. Psalm 31, verse 22. Psalm 31, verse 22. Says this, For I said in my haste, I am cut off from before thine eyes. Nevertheless, thou heardest the voice of my supplications, which I cried unto thee. O love the Lord, all ye his all ye his saints, for the Lord preserves the faithful and plentifully rewardeth the proud doer. In Jonah 2 verse 5, also notice along with verse 4, you might want to look at 2 Chronicles 6 verse 38. 2 Chronicles 6 verse 38. 
In Jonah 2 verse 5, he said, The waters compassed me about even to the soul. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped around my head. In Psalm 69 verse 1, Psalm 69 verse 1, the psalmist says this, Save me, O God, for the waters are come in unto my soul. I sink in deep mire where there is no standing. I am coming to deep waters where the floods overflow me. You might also notice Lamentations 3, verse 54, as you're looking at Jonah 2, verse 5. And then in Jonah 2, verse 6, he says, I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was closed upon me forever. Yet you have brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. He's talking about going down into the proverbial pit here. And in Psalm 16 and verse 10, Psalm 16 and verse 10, we read, For you will not leave my soul in Sheol, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. You will show me the path of life in thy presence, at thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. And we, of course, read that quote in Acts 13, verse 35 referring to Jesus the Christ, but it's not going to leave the soul in Sheol. It went down to the bottoms of the mountains, but but God, verse, Jonah 2, verse 6, has brought up my life from corruption. Thou wilt not leave my soul in corruption. Psalm 16, verse 10, and Acts 13, 35, talking about the Son of God. You might also notice... Job 33 verse 28 and tie that also to Jonah 2 and verse 6. Jonah 2 verse 7, Jonah goes on to pray, When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee into thine holy temple. Psalm 18 verse 6, a psalm of David says, In my distress, in my distress, I called upon the Lord, and I cried unto my God, and he heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him, even into his ears. It's talking about the holy temple in Jonah 2, verse 7, and in Psalm 18, verse 6. Do you see how Jonah here is praying the scriptures? In his prayer, he is almost quoting verbatim at times. The psalmist, the scriptures from the book of Psalms. In Jonah 2 verse 8, he says, They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. We talked about that just a few moments ago, how that those who are believing the devil's lies are burning their own bridge of mercy. They forsake their own mercy. In Psalm 31 and verse 6, the psalmist says, I have hated them that regard lying vanities, but I trust in the Lord. I'll be glad and rejoice in thy mercy, for thou hast considered my trouble. Thou hast known my soul in its adversities. In Jonah 2 verse 9, finally, he says, But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. Let's notice three Psalms and then this short dig a bit will be yours. Psalm 3 verse 8. Remember we're talking about 
sacrificing with the voice of thanksgiving and paying the vow because salvation is of the Lord. And in Psalm 3, verse 8, let me turn there. Psalm 3, verse 8, salvation belongs unto the Lord. Here's a quote that Jonah used in Jonah 2, verse 9, intentionally or not. And of course, we know that he was inspired just as the psalmist. Psalm 50, verse 14. Psalm 50, verse 14. Let me get there real quickly. Psalm 50, verse 14 says, Offer unto God thanksgiving and pay thy vows unto the Most High. And then in verse 23 of the same psalm, it says, Now consider this. Well, this is beginning in verse 22. You that forget God, lest I tear you in pieces and there be none to deliver. Whosoever offers praise glorifies me. And to him that orders his conversation or his deportment aright, will I show the salvation of God. So you have offering praise, as is mentioned in Jonah 2 verse 9. And the salvation of God, as is also mentioned in that verse. I just think it's really important here that we understand that when Jonah repented, his heart was full of the Word of God. And he expressed that in his prayer. And so we should be. We should be, as children of God, especially when we go astray, we should remember the Word and we should pour out our allegiance to that word before God the Father. Now, do we always need to confess our, upon repentance, do we always need to, for instance, go before the congregation and make a public statement about the repentance that we're experiencing within our hearts? The answer is no. If the congregation doesn't know about the sin, then I need to go to those who know and sometimes it's only God who knows about the sin. And I need to beg for His mercy and His forgiveness. I, I remember in Acts chapter 8, when Simon the sorcerer, you remember, wanted to purchase the ability to lay hands on people and to give away the miraculous. Remember, he wanted to have the gift that the apostles had, and he wanted to buy it with money. And he was told there to repent and so that perhaps the thought of his heart could be forgiven him. He wasn't told to make some sort of a confession before any group of people because he had made a statement before Peter there and before the Lord, and he needed to repent on the spot and ask for the forgiveness of God. Repent and pray so that the thought of your heart might be forgiven you. So when we repent... It always requires confession, always. But that confession doesn't always have to be to other people. If I've committed the sin, say, of fornication, and no one knows about that sin except God and the person with whom I've committed it, boy, I need to be sure that I, that, that I diminish any negative influence I might have had with that person, and I would definitely have had negative influence, so I'm going to repent of that to the person with whom I've committed that sin and to my God. If others know about it, then I'm going to go to those people and say, you know, that is not the person I want to be, and I want to ask your forgiveness.
And I want you to pray that I'll be ever stronger and I'll be able to resist that temptation. If the whole community knows about it, however, it's bringing reproach, shame on the body of Christ. If I don't know who knows about it, but I know some people do, then the only way that I can really make restitution, the only way that I can negate that bad influence that I've had and that reproach that I've brought on the church, I've hurt the church. And so when I've hurt the church, I've hurt its members. And so I need to to make that confession public so that I can just do away with the negative influence and be sure that everybody that I've hurt knows that I don't want to hurt them anymore. I don't want to hurt the body of Christ anymore. I don't want to bring reproach on the body of Christ. I don't want to hurt the Savior anymore. And I want everybody to know the Lord and the devil and everybody who knows about the sin to know that that's not the way I'm going to live, that I have repented. I have decided not to walk in that direction anymore and to switch directions and to walk according to the will of God as revealed in his word toward heaven and that I intend to keep that covenant relationship pure between my God and myself. Thanks for taking the time to talk about Jonah, repentance, and praying the scriptures. Hope you have a great day. If you find yourself in Huntsville, Alabama, we'd love for you to worship with us at West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest. Sunday morning worship begins at 9 a.m., followed by Bible classes for all ages. We meet again at 5 p.m. for evening worship and at 7 on Wednesday night. Dig a Bit is a production of Digging Deep in God's Word, a Bible study for women. For more information, visit thecolleyhouse.org.